welcome to Pierce Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 352, an update episode. Yeah, update episode. And if you caught our last Monday mini, you'll see we are finally remote and we're doing the remote thing. Uh, but this is our first podcast that we're releasing where I'm in Texas, Orlando's in California. Man, this is weird. This is a, this is a weird uh, moment. Like we've been talking about this, we've been preparing for this. Uh, but it's one of those things like you can think about something in the future forever. And it just seems like, yeah, it's a thing you plan for and think about. But then when it actually happens, it's like it's totally different. So, uh, but here we are. We, as we promised, the show will continue. We will always make, well, I don't know, always, but as long as we possibly <laughs> can, we will make content uh, because we love doing well, this. We love reselling. We love the what podcast. If, what, if, what if we're still doing this like 40 years from now? Yeah, I'm like, I, you're the, like 80 and you're like, welcome to Pierce Podcast. I mean, I could see myself reselling to the very end. Oh, yeah. I mean, think of the knowledge you would have. That, that would be, it would be insane. I mean, I, it'll be interesting how recently it'll be 40 years from now, uh, but it would definitely be fun. And, and I got to tell you, it's it's a little surreal, a little surreal being in the studio. You're not here. You know, now it it's just kind of odd, all this stuff that we have here, because this is kind of like Mike's creation and I'm just, I'm just living in it here. So, <laughs> and Mike's in another location, but uh, yeah. Hey, you know what? I, I really want to say thank you to all the all the people that follow us on Instagram and like YouTube and everybody just dropping, you know, thank you guys. You guys are the best podcast. Really love that you guys are continuing the podcast because it means a lot. Because again, if you were to ask Mike and I six years ago, if we'd ever be doing a podcast and then still continuing a podcast, even after we're separated by what, five states, four states, I don't know, three states, whatever it is. Uh, I, I would say like, there's no way there, there's no, there'd be no reason to, but now we're like, yeah, we want to do this. This is what we enjoy. Uh, we love helping everyone out. We love, uh, you know, just talking about reselling. And so thank you to all of you that have continued to support us, uh, whether it, you know, it'd be on YouTube or on the podcast or on social, wherever it is. Uh, thank you guys. Yeah. So I, so now the loaded question, how's it going, Mike, man, let me tell you, it's been crazy. So, um, Obviously, I'm not going to go into all the details about the move. I'll try and keep to the, the reselling aspect of it. But, you know, it's one of those things where I thought it'd be a lot easier than it was as far as the amount of work it took to like load everything on the truck, getting everything ready, especially like the eBay stuff. Uh, we ran out of room on our truck. Like we got to the point where oh, we, we took a couple of like pickup truck loads basically to the dump of, of stuff. We had to kind of like pair stuff down. So after already paring things down, not just eBay, but like household personal stuff. So really I had to take a lot of things and consolidate. So I've had a lot of uh, bins and buckets for eBay where things were labeled pretty clearly. Like this is tote C1, C2. And those were like closed totes. And then I have like MS1, which is like men's shoes one. So like I had all of these things kind of organized. And as time went, you know, the, the men's shoes, one tote starts to go down a little bit. And then yep. some of the women's, so, which is fine. Cause then you just replenish those as you get more things. Well, because I've got such a limited amount of space to pack stuff for this truck. And we got a big 26 foot moving truck too. It's not a small one. Um, we had to like, okay, well this stuff will fit inside of this tote and, but only half of this tote will. So we didn't have time to like reorganize our custom SKUs. So our custom SKUs are just going to be trash at this point. Like we are going to have to spend the time to go back through and completely re-inventory everything, which really stinks because before the move, we already kind of did that. Not, not exactly the inventory portion, but we kind of went through and pared down some stuff that uh, was maybe bad buys and things like that. So we're, we're, 
I felt like we'd move with like a cleaner store. Now it's going to be like probably a couple of days of just getting everything organized, which is kind of tough because where we've got our eBay shed in our backyard, uh, where I'm at in, in Texas right now, um, I'm recording in the garage, which is I've, I've got a little portable air conditioner going and a fan on me and it's still I'm probably going to be sweating during the show. Uh, but we got some of our eBay stuff in here and then I've got a shed also with more eBay stuff and it is when I look at the weather, it says like feels like because once you add in the humidity and the heat, oh, it's like feels like 118 or something crazy like that. And I'm just like pouring sweat, just like dying. And so I'm like, oh my gosh. And it's not even like at nighttime because normally I'm used to like, okay, at nighttime it cools down. I can go out and get some work done. It's nighttime. The humidity is still high. So I'm going to have to be bringing totes in kind of, it's going to be a process. It's not going to be an overnight thing, getting everything organized, but, uh, we're here. We've got most of the house projects done. As you can see, the stuff behind me is like a mix of some eBay, some stuff that's just garbage. It's going to look nice and clean once I uh, once I really get at it. But uh, I had to um, I wish I could show kind of how like my podcast setup is is right now. It's kind of cool. I sent a picture to Orlando uh, a couple days ago. I've got it a little bit nicer now. Work, work um, in progress. It's a work in progress, you know, so um, but at least we're doing it right. Like I, I've only been here under a week now or just or actually like right at about a week. Um, since we like pulled up, unloaded the truck and, um, not only is the house functioning, eBay is semi-functioning and the podcast room is set up. So not too shabby, not too shabby. We're getting it done. So a question for you though, you know, I, I went through this a day ago being that, you know, you and I had some inventory that we bought together, yep. uh, like last sometime last year and, and we, it was super profitable. If those of you that have been listening, if you guys remember, we bought out an eBay store and we ended up selling a ton of the items within like days on whatnot. And uh, we, we made good money on it. But then we had all these other items that we could not sell on whatnot. And well, we could have, but it just it just wasn't worth it. Or they were profitable enough that we're not going to sell it for cheap. Because, you know, whatnot is... I find that whatnot's like a thrift store now. But that's for a whole another conversation. And I, I ended up... I'll talk about this later. One of the stuff... One of the big hauls that I had... I wanted to make room. And so I decided it was time to donate all the stuff that Mike and I had bought and never went through. And I, I did get the okay from Mike. Uh, there, it wasn't a lot of valuable stuff. It was just, it was just the, the leftovers, you know, when you have a haul and there's a bunch of leftovers, uh, I had talked to the guy that had sold it to us and I had said, you know, it's interesting cause I'm seeing your reselling journey. Cause there's a bunch of stuff here you, you, that probably shouldn't have been picked up. He's like, I know it's hilarious. And uh, sure enough, that's what happened. And I think that's what you experienced too, right? You, you saw the journey of your reselling and go, yeah, why, why did we pick this up? Okay. We're never picking this up. And then it probably felt good to just get rid of that stuff instead of just looking at it over and over again, going, when is this going to sell? Did you experience some of that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it was, especially at the, like the cleaning out my, uh, my old storage unit, as far as getting all of that stuff that was purchases that I shouldn't have purchased or sometimes the markets just shift too. So it's not, it's not always a bad purchase, uh, necessarily. It's just over time, it didn't pan out, right? Like where some of the mm -hmm. items that I bought were maybe hot then, not so hot now, um, or shipping prices have changed. And so what was profitable to ship before now really isn't, or just little things like that. So you do see the journey of, wow, I picked up some stuff I wouldn't pick up now. And then also just, wow, reselling has changed in the last five years. Like, 
I, I'm not doing the same things I used to do, not just because I've grown, but because reselling has shifted kind of underneath my feet and I've had to readjust and figure out, okay, like shipping prices have changed or, or whatever has changed. So, and you just kind of have to be prepared for that. But I will say it, it's very refreshing for both of us because I think when we first started the podcast, we were very much like, you know, listen and forget it. It'll eventually sell. And the longer I do this now, there are some items I'll hold on to because I'm like, I'm pretty sure this will never lose value or it will go up in value. But that's very rare. And usually you're better off selling it at the moment. Uh, even if, you know, even if you're losing a little bit of money on it, you know, let's say you had something for 200 bucks and you ended up selling it for 100, 150. You're better off doing that than it's sitting in your store for another two years and something happens where, you know, I don't know if it's a pop culture item, you know, somehow it gets canceled or maybe it's, it's an item that was popular and trending and now no one really cares about it anymore. And so you have two options at that point. You can sell it for really cheap or you can wait a few years for it to cycle again. And that's not a good play. And so I, I'm learning that lesson. Uh, and even with the ending and so similar, like I'm just I'm, I'm just moving stuff. Like it needs to go. So, so are you, uh, when's your, uh, when's your sourcing date? Are you sourcing here pretty soon? I'm sure you've been too busy to source. Yeah, I've definitely been too busy to like legitimately source. I think I've got to go in steps, right? So my first step is going to be kind of reorganizing inventory. Um, I've got the long, longer, uh, shipping and handling time on my store right now, which gives me that flexibility if something sells. Uh, so first step is spend a few days getting all of my inventory reorganized, figured out, get the system ready to go. That way, if something sells, because no matter what, I'm going to spend the time. Like yeah. a, a shirt, a $20 shirt could sell. And then I end up spending an hour and a half digging through totes to find it. I'd rather just spend that hour and a it half up front, terrible. getting all those totes organized, getting all of my inventory redone. I know it's going to take more than an hour and a half, but I'm just saying that that time is going to be spent one way or another. So my first step, I think, is to however long it takes, get all that done because it's going to save time in the long run. Uh, and then uh, once I've got that done and then I'll be able to kind of reassess how much space I have, um, I'm planning on maybe having another shed built. And so it's just going to depend on, OK, like, what do I need to do? Do I do I have plenty of racks available, plenty of tote storage space available? Maybe I, I, I can source for the next year before I need to do that shed build uh, and then sourcing will begin. I think I might actually um, so this episode is dropping. Um, I've already been here for a little bit. So hopefully this last Saturday, we're recording a little bit early. So it's it's Friday night. Uh, maybe, you know, coming up here or you know, whatever. It's this, <laughs> this coming soon. weekend. Yeah, this coming weekend, I'm planning on potentially going and doing some garage sales just to see what it's like uh, here in Central Texas. But it, it is so hot. I don't know. I, I It's hard for me to imagine that a lot of people will be doing garage sales with this kind of heat. Maybe they will. I have gone to a couple of thrift stores. I uh, went to, I, I went, finally went to the bins. I checked that out. Uh, I'll talk about that a little bit more in the random story uh, section. So um, I haven't fully jumped into sourcing, but I've at least kind of started to get my feet wet as far as where the thrift stores here, um, kind of familiarizing myself with the area and then just have the plan of attack of get my store organized, get it uh, running functionally again, and then begin the sourcing process. I just can't wait to hear the stories because I, I, I definitely do think there's going to be a different vibe, a different feel, whether it be negotiating, whether it be the type of items that you find. Right. So, for example, I don't think you're going to find any Hawaiian shirts. 
I don't think you're going to find uh, a lot of just a lot of the normal stuff we would find here all the time. You know, uh, we, we, we're, we're in a part of San Diego County where there's a lot of, well, no, there's a lot of cowboy stuff here. So I'm sure there's a lot of cowboy stuff out there. But, uh, and so there, I don't know, it'll just be, it'll just be interesting what you pick up. Uh, the, the thing that just came to mind was, and I recommend this to every, everybody that's listening. If you have the ability to hire somebody, not, not saying for, as a longtime helper, but just a short term, let's say you have a ton of items that have not been organized into totes. So I'll give you an example. Uh, I had probably like 500 to 800 buckles a few years ago. I did not have them organized. I just had them thrown in several boxes and it was a pain. I remember being in my small condo and they were like in like, I don't know, eight boxes that were underneath the kitchen cabinet. I remember those days when I used to store stuff in the kitchen cabinets. And so I remember like a buckle would sell and I would literally spend 30 minutes looking through those buckles and then your hands get all gross from handling so many buckles. And just the whole thing was terrible. One of the best things I did is instead of me trying to organize all that because I was just done with it, giving it to somebody else and they got it done like in four hours. And, you know, it cost me, I think at that time I was paying like 14, 15 bucks an hour or something like that. So it did cost me like 60, 70 bucks, but it was so worth it. Cause even till this day, all my buckles are organized. Uh, my shoes, I had like a thousand pair of shoes and they were like in all kinds of totes and I hired somebody and they got it done. Like, I think it took them like eight hours, but now my system's all set up. And, and so, you know, I know, I know for you, I know your inventory is not massive like that. So it's not going to be crazy like that. But if somebody's out there and they just have, let's say over a thousand items and they haven't organized it, sometimes it's better just to hire somebody hire a helper or get a helper and just have them do it because they're just going to want to get it done. They're going to be efficient and they're going to be, I think more organized uh, and just get it done. Find somebody that is great at being organized uh, better than you. And that's my thing. I wish I had right now uh, an assistant <laughs> or, yeah. or just somebody to organize it because they would do a better job than I do. So just some thoughts. Yeah. And I think it's probably one of those things where I don't know if I would just like advertise looking for a random person to do that. You probably are going to have to find somebody that you know and trust. Correct. Um, and that has that kind of a mindset. So maybe it's somebody who goes to your church or your, your work, maybe like one of their kids, like they've got a teenager who's trying to make money on the you know weekends or something like that, where, you know, they've kind of got a mind for organization and inventory. Um, already as opposed to just hoping to get somebody because we were lucky enough when we packed up the truck to move here it was brutal it was one of the most exhausting things i've ever done and we had like six guys from you know friends of mine helping and getting here it was like we, we're not gonna be able to unload this truck on our own so we paid like 200 dollars to have a couple of people come and help unload the truck and it was worth it, right? Like it was one of those things where it's like, I could have done it. It would have taken me three days instead of getting it done in four hours. Uh, if I would have done it all on my own and with like just my you know father-in-law who's here with me, um, or I could pay 200 bucks and have it done. And it's, and it's the same thing, right? So like if you can find somebody you trust, it's worth, it's worth it for you, not only because you're going to save that time, because what is, if your time is worth more than let's say that $15 an hour, maybe you're paying them $20 an hour, depending on where you're at, kind of what that person is worth. Uh, but even if it, let's say you're paying $20 an hour for someone to do something for 10 hours, you're paying $200 for, for some work. If that saves you, you know, if you're 
time is worth more than $20 an hour, you're automatically in the green just from that. And then two, it's going to save you the headache. It's going to not only save you time in the future, but it's also going to save you the headache of there's my, my storage is a mess. My inventory is a mess. Nobody feels good when they've got death piles. Nobody feels good when they've, when stuff is messed up. And maybe you kind of like think that that's like your baseline. Like, Oh, I don't, it doesn't bother me, but that's just because you're kind of almost fooling yourself that it doesn't bother you. But if you had perfect inventory where everything was organized in rows and everything was neat and your, your space was neat, not like a mess like it is behind me, you just feel so much better. It's like a weight is off of your chest. Right? Oh, like I, when I, you, I agree. Yeah. So just, it's, it's like the, the amount of money you're going to spend to have a little bit of help. It's, it's definitely worth it. Hard part is finding that person. If you're just doing the solo reselling thing, which many of us are, it might be hard to, to, to find that, but maybe it's, like I said, maybe it's a, a nephew or a niece or, uh, you know, somebody that you work with's kid or a, it, it, who knows, right? Maybe you put it out on Facebook of friends of yours. If somebody knows anybody who wants to do that. So find somebody, don't just like put an ad out like that. Some yeah. people are, I know I, the only reason I bring I, it up is I know <laughs> we're going to have listeners say like, how do you find somebody for something like this? I would just, you got to find somebody, you know, and trust. Or you could be like Orlando. So last time I moved onto this property, you know, I had like 50 totes. I had like a tread climber. I had uh, another, I had, no, I had like 80 totes. I had craziness. I just hired two ra- random dudes <laughs> that I got through the UL site. But here's the thing. I paid them $200 and they were done in four hours. What would have taken me like two or three days? Yeah. Because I have learned my lesson. Like when you get older, you pay to have people move you because <laughs> you can only do so much on your own after all. Yep. And by the way, I'm not that. Somebody had mentioned on the comments that I look a lot older on YouTube than I sound. I don't know how I feel about that one, but it's anyways. just, it's, it's, it's your massive gray beard. It, it, it is. It is. It is. I know. I, I get. That's all good. It's all good. I, I just see it as a sign of wisdom. All right. Hey. Uh. So on my end, sales have been like a low line roller coaster. Let me explain what that means. So, you know, we all know the big coasters, right? The massive ones. Like if you go to Six Flags or Bush Gardens, right? There's those super high roller coasters. But then there's like those, like County Fair or uh, the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, like. They're called like the Little Dipper or the Big Dipper, right? They're like the little kids roller coasters, right? That they go up super high, but the drops aren't that low. That's what my reselling has been like. So I would say beginning of the year, it was like the Six Flags roller coasters. I'd have super peak days and then it would drop, but I'd still be pretty high and things would be good. Now it's, I get like blips down, blips down. And it's, you know, I have to admit it. It's my first summer slowdown. It's finally, it's finally happened, uh, but we're not done yet. It's only June. So now when this is dropping, it's the beginning of July. Uh, but I, I do, I do expect things to pick up. So that's been interesting. Uh, I, again, I, I tell people, if you want to go full time, you need to have backup plans. Luckily for me, I've had some savings I could dip into. We also, you know, I also have other streams of income. And so I'm not super worried but things are things are interesting these days. They are interesting. So so there's that. And then as far as garage sales, I got to tell you, it's been bundle mania. Like every time I've had a score, uh, these last few garage sales. And if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, if you're new to reselling, when you go to a garage sale, if there's a lot of good items, don't just say, hey, how about how much for this? How much for this? How much for this? 
you should probably do that once just to get a feel of what they're looking for, right? If if you pick up one item and they want a ton of money for it, then you're kind of going like, ah, I don't know if, if I want to be here anymore. But I've had it happen. I'll show you this later on in our random stories where even when somebody starts high, you can still get the price you want. But what's happened, you know, I went to one garage sale. And I showed up and they had all these vintage uh, hubcaps for like Camaros and, and Chevelles and so on. And I asked them how much uh, for the box. And they're like, oh, $75. And then they had these two binders of vintage tops cards for like, they're like historical events. They're like from the 1950s. It was pretty cool. Not worth a lot, but if you get the right cards, it could be money. And the lady was like, oh, $20 per each binder. Right. So now I'm already at $115. And so I was like, I'm just going to bundle everything. So I bundled everything. I put all the hubcaps together. I put the two binders together. I picked up a bunch of vintage, uh, I think, dolls. I picked up just a bunch of stuff. I want to say it was probably like, probably about 50 items when I was done. And then I asked, so how much for everything? And the guy goes, well, uh, can we do, can you do 75? Right. So it went from being, you know, it was like over a hundred, it was like $125. And, and by me bundling automatically, all the prices went down, which is, which is pretty wild to me. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why like bulk sales work for stores, right? You go to stores, you buy, usually when you buy bigger amounts, bigger quantities, you get it at a discount. I remember growing up, we used to buy everything price per ounce. Like we, we were pretty poor. So even like we were looking at the cereal, and so we would find the cereal like this cereal is 13.1 cents an ounce, but this cereal is 12.4 cents an ounce. So we're going to get that one. It didn't matter what the cereal yeah, was. So I do that at Costco. Uh, right. So, but that's the thing is like, usually like when you get like the family size, like it was always the bigger size, like something like you go to Costco, Sam's club, uh, or you're even like just in a regular grocery store and you see the larger value size, usually uh, it's because they know that they can move more of the product quickly. And we're the same way, right? Like if somebody is, if somebody's willing to buy a lot of your inventory quickly, like it makes your shipping easier, it makes all of your headache easier if you can just get it out. So you're willing to take a deal on it. Uh, so yeah, bundling works miracles. Do that at garage sales if you're not already bundling. Put it all together before you ask a total price. Now, I also have learned I am. I don't think I'm the ultimate everything seller, but I'm getting pretty close because my latest pickup. So I've gone from you know, Hawaiian shirts to, you know, vintage uh, railroad stuff. I recently picked up, you know, railroad lanterns, duck decoys, you name it. And I upped it some more. So uh, I had mentioned I, I now have a connection to a wider community of people that that work with individuals uh, that, are, that are moving or, or just trying to organize their place or whatever. And they reach out to me and say, hey, by the way, I have this client and you know, they have extra stuff, whatever. And just looking, you know, uh, if you wanted to buy some of this stuff. So I ended up showing up at this very, very, you know, wealthy area in San Diego, La Jolla, probably one of the wealthiest in the, in the country. And I showed up and pictures were sent to me the day before and they were for rugs. Now, I've never sold rugs I have no idea about rugs. The only reason this piqued my interest is years ago, I was listening to scavenger life and they would talk about, they could pick up any kind of vintage rug as dirty as it was, as messed up as it was for like a few bucks. And they could sell it for like one to 200, 300 bucks. So I'm like, I'm gonna give this a try. 
So I showed up and they had about eight or nine rugs. And these rugs were, you know, like those Persian rugs, like those old, you know, 10 by 17. Like some of them were larger rugs. And I'm like, I don't know if there's any way I'll be able to buy these because I'm pretty sure these are worth a lot of money. Well, I show up and they're basically like, okay, I want you to take all the rugs. And I'm like, well, do you want me to pay you something? You know, I didn't know, you know, because when people are just saying, take it, I buy, you know, I'm not going to start bringing up money unless, you know, it's a, it's something like this. Cause I, I, I didn't want to just start taking stuff to the car and then the cops get called on me. So I said, I said, do you have a price for all this? And again, these are like expensive rugs. And so they said, well, let me call, you know, my sister-in-law. So they called the sister-in-law. I'm on the phone with her because uh, she was, she knew, you know, these rugs were. And I said, hey, listen, I have no idea about any rugs. I, these could be worth hundreds. These could be worth thousands. And she's like, no, they're worth thousands. And I was like, oh, I was like, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not really sure I can make a deal here, uh, but you know, what were you thinking? And she's like, I, I, I don't know. They're worth a lot. And I'm like, well, I don't know either. Cause I, I don't sell rugs. And then I told her, and this is where I changed my strategy. This is where I decided to anchor, which I don't usually do. I always let them give the first number, but the, the, I knew that the price was so outrageous. I could never, like if she had told me, you know, 2000, 5,000, 10,000, I was scared. She was going to tell me like $15,000. And then I would have been like, Nope. Like if I was two things would have had to qualify for me to spend 15 K. Uh, number one, I would really have to know what I'm buying because I mean, I do have the ability I have, I've, I've, in, you know, we all have like, uh, you should always look at having people that can give you hard money loans or people that can loan you out money in case you run into that situation. So I have an ar arrangement with somebody like if I ever find like a vintage video game store or a vintage clothing store that I will buy it because I know what I'm doing. But in this case, I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to look for a loan from someone uh, at this rate. And so the second part was, you know, I'll, I'll buy it, you know, if, if it's something I I'm really, you know, I'm really comfortable uh, that, you know, I'm not going to lose on this. So I told her, I said, okay, you know what? Uh, this is going to be really crazy. And I'm just, I know you're going to be insulted. And I know the number is crazy what I'm going to tell you. I said, I'll buy everything for $300, which was crazy. It really was crazy. And she goes, yeah, that's a really crazy number. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But that's where I'm at. And she said, okay, $300. And I'm like, what? This is wild. So I felt good about it because let's say I get ripped off. I get ripped off $300, right? Um, if this is going to take me a lot of research, I'm okay because I only pay $300. So so here's the deal. I, I looked up some of the rugs. They're, you know, some are worth several hundred. Some could be worth thousands. So how many rugs have, total? Um, I think it, it, it ended up being 15 in the end, okay. along with a bunch of vintage camera equipment. Wow. Uh, so I paid three, I paid 60 bucks for the camera equipment on top of that. So a bunch of vintage camera equipment, but the story doesn't end there. 
then after I made the deal, I paid them. And I'm like, hey, thank you guys. You guys are awesome. And the whole time I'm like having conversation with them. You know, we're laughing it up. I always tell people like, have a good time. Don't just be so business minded. Now, if you get the vibe that they don't want to talk to you because, you know, they don't care about you, then that's fine. Don't talk to them. But if people want to have a conversation, like have a good time. So the whole time I'm there, you know, I'm, I'm picking up stuff and it's a workout. You know, I got a, I, I looked up online how to roll up carpets and I was, you know, it was heavy labor. It was heavy labor. And when I was done, done I paid them and he said, you know, we really like you. I get this. I don't know why, but you know, I, whatever I, I, they said, we really like you. And, uh, you know what? The junk collector's coming tomorrow. Take whatever you want. Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, Supply & Demand. These are pairs that changed the game. But when it comes to business growth, it's you and Shopify. From that exciting moment you launch your online shop to setting foot in your first real-life shop and gasping as you hit that millionth order, Shopify's beside you, cheering you on. Selling shipping supplies or maybe promoting productivity programs, it doesn't matter. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Their all-in-one e-commerce platform? Check. In-person POS system? You bet. Turn those casual browsers into loyal buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. Did you know it's up to 36% better than other platforms? And there's more. Meet Shopify Magic, your AI-powered MVP, making your life easier. Fact time. Shopify powers a whopping 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. They're the driving force behind big names like Allbirds and Brooklinen. And guess what? They support millions of entrepreneurs across 175 countries. Oh, and did I mention their award-winning support team? Always there, every step of the way. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash pure hustle, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pure hustle now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pure hustle. So I'm like, seriously? And they said, yeah. So sure enough, there was this whole stereo system, like OG, like vintage OG, like worth like 2K with preamps. Uh, uh, it was like B&K, Onkyo, like top quality, like stereo equipment. So I took all that stereo equipment. Then they had all this like jewelry stuff. Then they had all these vintage books. And I, I the only thing I left behind, which I regret was, these huge tower speakers, they're Harman Kardon or something like that. But I didn't find any good comps like that were, and they were kind of damaged a little bit. And I was like, I know what I'm going to do with these. I'm going to, if I pick them up, I'm going to take them home and I'm never going to list them. So I'm just going to leave them here. But I did look up, up and I didn't see any that were worth like more than 1K or at least 500. So I was like, unless you think I'm wrong, Mike, you know more about speakers and stuff than I do. I mean, it, it really just depends. One of those things like, you got to see him, you know, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what's the model. So, and, and when I was taking all the stuff out, like the husband didn't open the cabinets and go, Hey, you forgot this. 
You know what I mean? Like when people want you to le- take stuff, they usually remind you to pick up stuff. And he didn't do that. So I kind of took it as a sign that he's okay that I took everything except the speakers. And so it was crazy. It was just, just wild. Like, and, and I always tell people, you, you never, you never know. It never hurts to ask. It just never hurts to ask. And so now my challenge is I'm going to have to go to an antique dealer dealer and I'm going to try to get an appraisal on one of these rugs just so I know where I'm at. You know, and I don't know what appraisals cost. This is a new avenue for me. I feel like I'm the guy from Storage Wars, you know, when like they're going to an expert. And we'll see. I'm probably sometime next week I'm going to go to one and uh, we'll see what they tell me. And they could be tell me they could tell me you got all junk. And I, I don't think it's junk, man. I The look of it, the feel of it. And they had uh, prominence. They had uh, people would come in and do like rug cleaning and the rug cleaning costs money. It wasn't like you know, 50 bucks, they spent several hundred dollars to clean some of these rugs. So no one's going to spend several hundred dollars to clean a rug that's worth only a several hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? So, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Stay tuned. This may be a hustle of the week. There, there's, there's a part of me that's like, oh, this is going to take a lot of work. But there's a, there's other part of me is like, if I can figure this out, like this is another niche I can get into. Yeah. And and I, I don't know how the economy is right now, you know, but I looked at comps on eBay uh, for some of this stuff and I'm like, whoa, like this could be good money. So anyways, <laughs> any thoughts on all that? No, it sounds, sounds like you got a killer deal. <laughs> I, I know I did get a killer deal. I have no complaints. I was blessed beyond belief. So that was great. All right. Hey, before, before we move on, here's another killer deal. American Bowl boy. If you haven't yet bought that tape, you should buy that tape. I already ran out of my tape. All I've been using is exclusive. My go-to tape that is from American Bowl Boy. Uh, and it's incredible. So their rolls, I think it's like $34 a roll. And with our discount, uh, using our code PureHustle, all caps, go to the link below. You'll get 5% off. You might be like, Orlando, 5% off? I know it's not much, but the discount's already huge. $34 plus it's free shipping. It's next day. It's two-day. It's local pickup if you want. And plus, there's bubble wrap there, too. So if you haven't yet, jump on over to American Bubble Boy and use the link below and use our code PureHustle for the tape. Uh, the code only works for the tape, but you can also pick up a ton of other, other items. And uh, I definitely am loving that tape because I ran out and I started using eBay tape. And I'm like, this stuff is garbage. But it is what it is. <laughs> so you got any random stories amongst all this? Yeah. Um uh, n- not like the craziest random story, but I finally was able to go to the Goodwill bins that I've been talking about. Uh, oh, okay, I, okay. I, I came out here and I, when I purchased the house, I was like, excited to check out the Goodwill bins. And unfortunately, it was like closed for remodel. And if you drive by it right now, it still looks like it's being remodeled. I mean, it is. They've got boards on all the windows and it's like it, it looks pretty bad. Um, and they're doing construction on it, but there was tons of cars in the parking lot and it looked like I saw someone walking out with a bag. And so I'm like, I think they're open. So I pulled in sure enough, they just opened up on the inside. So very first time ever being into a bins and first thrift store here since I've moved here. And, uh, let me tell you, so it's, it's interesting. Um, it's nice in the sense of, it has bathrooms and like a little like table set up where you can like sit and like have your lunch if you want to. They got vending machines because I think a lot of people stay a lot of time like they're 
they camp there waiting for the new bins to be rolled out because a lot of people are just sitting. I'm like, what is everyone doing sitting around? Oh, they've already been through all the bins that are currently out and they're waiting. And there's like, it was a, uh, uh, like a Thursday at like a random time, like afternoon. So it's not even like Saturday morning. Well, I, I guess resellers would be at garage sales, but it, it, it doesn't seem like a very popular time. And there's a lot of people in this Goodwill bins waiting for the next bins to come out. So I'm, I'm a little bit like, uh, that I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to start throwing elbows yet, but I just kind of looked around and, uh, two things that I picked up from it was one, I'm going to have to learn clothing. I, I really don't sell a lot of clothing. Um, I think for just for space, it would be wise for me to learn clothing. Um, I hate listing them. I hate doing the measurements. I hate all of that aspect. I prefer hard goods, but hard goods just take up so much space and the shipping is, is much more challenging. So, um, I'm going to have to learn some clothing and spend the time because most of what's there is clothing. There are some hard goods there. Um, but as I'm looking through stuff, I found I'll have to send you the picture. Alone. I'm probably going to post it up on Instagram. It might actually have already been posted by the time this episode drops. But in one of the bins, I found an eBay Motors hat. Like, let me see what it says exactly. So anyways, an eBay hat. And I'm thinking like, this is a sign like this. So it's eBayMotorsAutoTrader.com. And I'm like, this is a sign that this was the right move for me. Very first day at a thrift store at the bins and I find an eBay hat. I didn't buy it because it was a junk hat, but I'm just like, this is a sign. The 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 fact that I find an eBay hat here, it tells me I made the right move. Being able to do eBay sourcing here in this town. I mean, maybe it's not a sign, but I took it as a sign, kind of <laughs> random, like one of the first bins I look in and here's an eBay hat. No, hey, you just, you know, you never know. Like, I found that eBay game in the back, you know, to put in the nice. studio. So, you know, who 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 knows? The, the thing is, like, I, I'm i excited for you. If it sounds a little bit like Mad Max kind of deal, like <laughs> the bins out there, people are waiting for, you know, fresh goods to come out and people are going to start fighting over it. It just, but that, that sounds like an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> good times. You don't sound too excited about it. No, sorry. I'm just, my eyes are like, I've got, I've got like a fan blowing on my face cause it's so hot. And, uh, and I, it's like drying my eyes out. So I'm like trying to figure out what I'm, what I'm going to do. Moving the fan a so little bit. Don't jump on over to YouTube. Just stick on, stick to the podcast. I'm just playing. <laughs> so, Hey, uh, I had, okay. So a couple of things here. I, I don't understand how eBay lets this continue happening. So I'm, I'm going to a Padres game here in a few days. And I've been in San Diego for 20 plus years. So I think it's time for, for me to finally get a Padres jersey. You know, I, I've, I'm, I, I was a Giants fan growing up, but I'm a big fan of Tony Gwynn. I really like Tony Gwynn. Uh, I think he was one of the most phenomenal players of our time. And so I go on eBay and I'm looking for a jersey. How many fakes is eBay going to allow to be sold on their platform? I mean, it was crazy. It was like so easy to spot. So I only found like one jersey that I thought was authentic. Like I could tell everything was fake because the stitching was off, uh, the way the tags were like, and I'm not one of those guys that calls everything fake, but these were blatantly fake. And especially when it said sold from China, guaranteed they're fake. You know, it reminded me of, of someone I knew back in the day that would drop ship all the time. Uh, from China. So they would sell these jerseys and then when they sold, they would order them from China and it would take three weeks to get to them. 
And eventually <laughs> the feedback got so bad that I think eBay like permanently banned them or something. It just got really bad. So each of the I went into some of these stores that were selling like these vintage jerseys. It was crazy. They would be like, oh, we have a vintage Majestics Tony Gwynn jersey. And they would have like 80 available. But they had no tags and, and they never called them dead stock. They just randomly had 80 vintage jerseys that were pristine condition that looked like the vintage ones, but they weren't stitched like the vintage ones. And I'm like, this is crazy. So eBay goes after all these people on for Vero listings, but there are blatant people, blatant people breaking policy. It's not very hard. All you have to do is type in a baseball team jersey and you will find fakes upon fakes upon fakes upon fakes. And so guess what? I didn't end up buying a jersey because, well, one, because I didn't get the price I wanted. The one I wanted was over a hundred bucks. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm that much of a Padres fan. Like if it was like a OG Giants one, I'd probably drop that much. Um, but uh, it was, I I have no words. Like I, I don't even understand. Like this is simple. Like I, I, I would have to believe this ruins the buyer experience for a lot of people when they go in and all they see is a bunch of fake stuff. And then your crowd, all the vintage sellers like myself and others who actually sell authentic vintage gear get crowded out because there's so many. If you go on there, just put Padres jersey, there's going to be so many fakes. And it's very hard, unless you know what you're doing, to spot the genuine ones. Now, a lot of people don't care about wearing fake jerseys. I know that, too, right? Because they get it at a good price and they're like, I don't really care if it was made in 1998 or if it was made in, in 2023. You know, but I care. Like it, it matters to me. So, anyways, yeah. that was interesting. And uh, yeah, and the other the other thing that happened. I, so I ended up going to an estate sale, and there was all this like Mickey Mouse stuff. Those of you who follow us on Instagram, if you haven't been following us, make sure to follow us. Uh, I usually post every single Saturday because I go to garage sale every Saturday. Except this last one, I didn't go to because my son is actually traveling, and so I had to get to the airport, and I couldn't make it, which is kind of sad. Uh, but I went to this garage, this estate sale, and the same thing happened. Somebody wanted $175 for all these items. And again, it got to the thing where I, I just stayed there for a little bit. I picked up an item here. I picked up an item here. And, you know, what I've always learned is you, you got to make yourself friendly. You got to show yourself friendly, right? So, you know, they needed help with some tables, help with some tables, you know, uh, there was somebody they thought was stealing the stuff from the estate sale. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I saw those items over there and, and they were able to locate them. And so on, on, at the end, on my way out, I was like, how much for all this stuff? They said 175 and they were like, well, we could do 125. And I'm like, Oh, 125. Well, we're close. How about if I throw in a bunch of these items here? And she was like, sure, why not? So, so I threw in a bunch of other Mickey items and sure enough, uh, one of the items that I just threw in sold for 50 and the other item sold for about 60 something. And so now I'm in the green. So again, just another reminder to me of just, just breathe friendly. Cause I'm telling you at this estate sale, there were so many people that were just like grabbing stuff and they were like, how much? And it was kind of like you had mentioned at, uh, at the swap meet, how, people just pick up stuff and they're like $5 and you're like, no, I, I want this. And they're like, never mind. And they just drop it. 
it was the same mentality for a lot of resellers when they go to these sets, say sales. Maybe they're the people from the Swami. Uh, because I, you know, with her, what I was able to do is she she showed me they had like this collection of like Mickey watches in a safe. It was like a hundred. And and I'll and she's like, Do you want to buy these? And I'm like, no, not yet, because I already have like 40 watches that have no batteries. And I don't want to overwhelm myself with more watches that I'm not going to do anything with. So I said, here's my card and uh, just give me a call. And so always work to establish that relationship. So that's that's my random stories. Very good. All right. So uh, before we move on, though, uh, we want to really give a a special thank you to all of the people who uh, are supporting us on Patreon. So those of you who support us on Patreon... You're the ones that are keeping this show going. We had to buy quite a bit of new equipment. We've had to test a lot of things out to make this work. Uh, we're still doing these test runs before we record these podcasts. Rolando and I are getting on, you know, for for a good amount of time ahead of time, running through, practicing some stuff, making sure the audio is syncing right. Uh, we we pull a lot of time away from our families. We pull a lot of time away from our reselling uh, because we love doing this, but it's it's hard to keep doing it unless we have the support and it's the support from people like you uh, who make the show possible so thank you for those of you who support us on patreon uh if you do support us on patreon you get access to our discord uh which is a just thriving community where a lot of people uh, get to share their ideas their experiences their questions uh and and there's a lot of back and forth people answering questions giving tips uh, there's a lot of fun like channels in there it was kind of developing its own uh culture as it were of people it like is. you know jokes and memes and, and it's been a lot of fun uh so that's just a bonus that you get if you join our discord and then uh or our patron and we also have a um coming up here hopefully pretty soon we're gonna do some backstage shows on our discord for uh, those who kind of want to behind the scenes of Pierce podcast, just uh, Orlando and I kind of chatting about some things and then inviting some of those people from Discord on as well. Uh, so we're going to be doing those as just like an extra. Uh, so again, thank you for all of you. And if you're watching and listening and you're like, hey, I can't afford the $5, $5.55 a month to support on Patreon, um, just leaving a, a five-star review on iTunes makes a huge difference or going on over to YouTube and liking, subscribing. Those things help to make sure that our show gets out there. So maybe you're like, Hey, Orlando, Mike, you guys talk about saving money and, and, you know, paying all your debt off and all of those things. I don't really have the extra money right now. If that's you, there's other ways you can support us. Just tell a friend, like comment, subscribe, Put it on iTunes. It really helps us out. And then, of course, you can follow us on all the different social media platforms. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, everything. We're a Pure Hustle podcast, uh, except for Twitter. It's Pure Hustle Cast. Uh, and then, uh, Orlando, you could give us the phone number. I always forget it. Oh, yeah. If you ever want to leave us a voicemail, like, say, it's a Hustle of the Week or a Bolo, or you just have a question, uh, give us a call at 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. And you could also email us, which... We're the toughest to get a hold of us is email, but we will reply to you. Uh, we I've had it recently where stuff ends up in the junk mail, and I feel bad because it'll be like six months, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, we just didn't get this in our inbox. But you can still email us, uh, purestofpodcast at gmail.com. That is purestofpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, everyone, uh, for your support. So, are you ready to talk about some uh, important things here? Yeah, me uh, get this going real quick. Uh, hey, appreciate all of you. That, oh, there we go. Appreciate Orlando everyone. doesn't know how to uh, wait a moment as we get into our reseller news. 
we're going to be talking about stuff. I didn't know how to work it in there. Uh, sorry, Lando. Yeah, a little bit of a time lag. Uh, we got to get used to that on on uh, on the stream yard here. <laughs> is it going to fix? Is it going to sound like? No, it, it's going to no. It's going to oh. sound fine. Um, it's just okay. when I'm getting ready to hit the button, like you filled the space as I was hitting it. Took a second for it to start. So. Oh, sorry. Okay. okay. No, okay, it's good. We're good. No, we are good. Be- before I start, before I start, okay. It's interesting the reviews that we get on iTunes, right? Because we get some people that can't stand me. We've had people that don't like Mike. And then we get like the, the, to me, it's always wild how two people back to back can believe two different things. And so we're going to talk about eBay for a while right now. And it's, I, I, it's going to probably lean a little negative. I, I'm just going to be real, but it's interesting. Like we had one review that said, uh, too negative used to enjoy, but not anymore. I'm like, Whoa, like, okay. And then the very next one goes, uh, here, Oh, what is it? It's right here. Oh, fun, positive, fun, positive and educational. Thank you, Mike and Orlando back to back. So we're, we're too negative, but we're also positive and fun. And so I want everybody to know, like, I, I, I always want to be real. And sometimes that means we're uber positive. I don't think we're ever over the top positive. Like we're not, we're not, you know, I don't think we're shilling it and stuff all the time, but we're also not uber negative. We just keep it real with things. And, and sometimes people get bothered by that, but I just think, I just thought it was funny when I saw those two reviews. And the reason I want to bring it up, there's a lot of eBay stuff here going on. Before I start this, I want to ask you, Mike, have you had the chance to use chat GBT in your descriptions? No, I haven't. Um, I haven't messed around with that yet because I haven't done a lot of listings recently. Uh, but uh, it, it's interesting, right? ChatGPT. Well, yeah. It, how's it? How's it going for the uh, the eBay integration? So the way you can use it right now is it'll write your descriptions for you, which I find I find kind of interesting because we had mentioned weeks ago how one of the ways that you shouldn't be using chat GPT is to write descriptions for you on your listings. I mean, we directly said that I wish we had the ability to like clip stuff. Yeah. Because but I think I see how I would use it specifically. And I, I, I don't see how, I don't know exactly how it's integrated, but as it is, we already do sell similar, right? Like eBay, it will tell you like, these are, you know, suggested things to put in based off of other things or suggested prices. And we know it's not perfect, but it's going off of if you're selling a certain type of Hot Wheel at a certain whatever, a certain book, it knows that these sell at this price at this. So what it could do is it can kind of aggregate that data and say, hey, here are the type of words that work well and these types of listings that have sold for this type of item or this item. Um, what I would use ChatGPT specifically, I would probably write the listing myself, the description, and then I would have ChatGPT, I would say like, you know, r- make this SEO optimized and, um, you know, targeted to an audience on eBay buying used Hawaiian no, shirts that, or whatever. That's so, so much work. It, it is. But if you if you had a, 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 a high end item, it would be worth it, right? Like if... Once you create a prompt on ChatGPT, if you were doing it on your own, and, and what, maybe once eBay kind of integrates it better, it'll work fine. Uh, but if, once you have a prompt set up in ChatGPT, you could just have it like pretend you're a reseller who is writing descriptions that are but that's going not how to be. It is. I, All I understand it is, that. Is you click ChatGPT and it'll just give you something. Yeah, I'm just saying like 
I wouldn't do it that way myself because I want to have a little bit more control until they get all the kinks worked out. But I wouldn't even do that because on eBay, you're only supposed to have like one or two lines. That's it. That's it. Like they've said it over and over again, especially mobile, that the days are dead where you have paragraphs like this World War II relic was picked up over in da 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 da. And and it went through the family of so and so. Like no no one cares. Like no one cares. Now, the the other interesting thing I found was some people did comment. I I you know I dropped the meme on uh on Instagram, uh, the Nick Cage and uh, Pedro Pascal. You know when they're driving, and Pedro Pascal looks crazy. Anyways, it's, it's a great meme, uh, and a lot of a lot of comments on this because you know the first comment was like, all right, eBay's doing this, but they still can't take care of unpaid items. We'll talk about that in a moment because uh, there was a seller summer update that came out. Uh, but on the other end, some people did say, hey, at least with the descriptions, there's a lot of keywords in there that maybe will bring sellers to the item. I mean, not sellers, buyers to the item. But then somebody posted what they had for their Hot Wheels. Somebody said, this is what ChatGPT gave me. And I can always tell. And you could even in our own description on some of our YouTube podcasts, we've, we've played around with ChatGPT and thrown it in there. And you can tell it's like ultimate cheese. Sometimes I've seen it on other people's uh, YouTubes and I'm like, this is not organic. So this one here is from, uh, this is uh, from desert one three three seven on Instagram. They had a, a hot wheel and this is what the chat GPT put for on eBay said, this lime green beauty is a scale of 164 and comes with exquisite details that will make it a perfect choice for both collectors and kids alike. I'm like, listen, that all of that's unnecessary. All you need to put on there is what, you know, gently used or whatever you want to put for news or whatever. Uh, Have somewhere. Please look at pictures. That's all you need. That's it. Like, no one cares that it's good for collectors and kids alike. Nobody's going to go, what? So this could work out for me who's a collector and my child. I'm going to do this. Like, no one's going to do that. And so... I just think it's interesting because eBay is saying two things. eBay is saying, hey, keep your descriptions minimal because anytime you want to change your descriptions, it even throws up a warning on the listing that says, are you sure you want to move away from this? It's something to the effect of, you know, uh, less words is better. But then they're under it. You could do the chat GPT. So I'm like, okay, which one is it? Right. Somebody needs to figure out which is better. Well, and the hard part, though, is you got to you got to realize unless you've been told like, Hey, only have 50 characters or 150 characters. What you think is less might not be less what eBay is looking for. Right? Like they might be saying, Hey, people used to put paragraphs, but maybe a good solid two or three sentences is actually useful. Maybe it has some keywords people will find. And the other thing is, okay. So from anecdotally, I think you're right. Probably all the experiences we've had selling the types of items that we sell, Sure, just having the basic, the condition that it's in, the whether or not there's wear, because people are looking for specific things. Then you also got to imagine that, you know, companies spend a lot of money to create advertising copy that has lots of information. Like when you go on to Amazon to buy something and you click on description, you're not just getting this is a metal pin, it works well. Um, brand new inbox. Like it's going to have like all the specs and interesting, like designed by NASA and it it has extra information. Um, And, and those companies wouldn't be spending the money they spend on, on that. And I'm not saying that that's what's necessary for like our type of garage sale store type items, but you can't, 
I think it's one of those things where we can't just completely dismiss it and say, hey, having decent like advertising type words in there is completely useless. Otherwise, companies wouldn't do it. No, I, I agree, but this is this is different. Like like I for our business, I would even say on Amazon, like I know what I'm looking for when I go on Amazon. So I'm not looking at the description unless there's something specific that I need, right? Let's say if I'm buying like some kind of technology or something. But when it comes to anything else, right? So I right now, you know, my son is traveling. I had to buy a uh an adapter, right, to use in another country. I had to buy a neck pillow, I had to buy like all these things. I didn't care about the description. I care more about the reviews, right? What people thought about the item. Like that was more valuable in the description. So I'm not really sure what's going on here. Uh, but anyway, let us know in the comments. What are your thoughts? I know I know on the Discord, I threw this out there and a lot of people had the same sentiments. Like it's it, like a lot of people felt that it was extra work because you get this huge description and you don't need all that. And sometimes it's going to create an INAD because it's giving you more information than what the buyer needs. And so the buyer can say, well, this said that it was actually, you know, exquisite or whatever it is, and it's not. And so I just I just think it's interesting. Uh, the next thing I thought was interesting, we talked about this on the previous uh, update episode about how USPS is changing to ground advantage for anything that is first class. And so eBay finally addressed this. Uh, this is in their seller community announcements. And they said, beginning July 9th, listings with parcel select ground will automatically be updated to reflect USPS ground advantage as a shipping service. So that's good. And then this was interesting. Only first class package services are moving to ground advantage. First class mail for letters and envelopes will remain unchanged. If you ship with first class package, you will be able to update listings to USPS ground advantage over the next 30 days. Business policies will also need to be updated. So this was dropped on June 27th. I went to my business policies, which it seems that's what eBay is saying, that if you want to change this, you need to go to your business policy. So some of you that are brand new, there's two ways to create shipping uh, in your listing. One is directly on the listing, or you go to my eBay, go to business policies, you go to shipping policies, and there you can create a shipping policy based on different items that you sell. So for example, all my shoes, okay, they have... I, I call it medium flat rate shoes and they also flat rate $13 is what I charge every single buy, every single person that buys shoes. So automatically it doesn't say flat. They don't see the flat rate. They just see that it's priority $13. Then I choose what I'm going to do. If it's in California, I might send it in a shoe box for eight to $9. And so I save some money on shipping. Uh, anything that's clothing. Okay. I do first class paid, which, and I only charge $4. So anytime I list something that's clothing, I just picked first class paid and the, every single clothing item is that. So what they're saying is you need to go on business policies and anything that's first class, you're going to have to switch to USPS ground advantage. The only catch is here is that they said within in the next 30 days, uh, I haven't seen it yet. So <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on. It'll be interesting, but no, no discussion about prices. But I compared this to Pirate Ship, and I feel like Pirate Ship does a great job of communicating. Uh, you ever have you ever chatted with Pirate Ship when they talk to you like in Pirate, like you are, yeah. like yeah, how, like how, the, how, the, how the can the I emails help that come through or the chats? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this one was pretty awesome, clever. This this one had a meme uh, from Fast and Furious uh, with uh, Vin Diesel, and it says everything's changed. I, I was dying. So 
they said on pirate ship priority mail rates are getting up to $4.83 cheaper. So that's good. First class package and parcel ground are going to ground advantage that it's going to be slower two to five day delivery speed. Uh, and that ground advantage rates for packages under one pound are staying the same. So first class is staying the same ground advantage rates for packages over a pound are mixed. Some rates are increasing up to a dollar six while others are decreasing $3. And they also mentioned some other changes. And then they said USPS doesn't allow us to advertise the secret rates below commercial pricing that we're authorized to offer for shipments to and from the lower 48 states with the new pricing going to effect July 9th. Pirate ship rates will save you up to 483 more and so on. So all I want to say is shout out to Pirate Ship for being very clear. <laughs> or on eBay, I was like, okay, like I, I'm not really sure what's going on here, but appreciate it. Um Again, be be aware if you haven't done this yet, set up shipping policies. It's going to make your life a whole lot easier than having to just create a new shipping policy for every single item that you sell. And actually, when you create that shipping policy, it actually gives you the option of making it a policy for several items. So I just wanted to say that. Now, uh, the seller update. Uh, any guesses, Mike, what's on this update? I'm pretty sure you haven't had a chance to look at it at all. Just guess, because I think you're going to be on point. Guess. Um, uh, I, I don't... I don't know. that. Oh, I think I know what you're aiming at. Um, so, they're eventually going to take care of... Maybe they might... There's working on possibly... They might be considering that's in the works, but they're not 100% sure. And, and, and they're going to be pushing towards, uh, you know, the unpaid items and getting immediate payment. Correct. Is that what you're talking Okay. Yeah, All right. That's yeah. one of I, figure, that's I figure it'd be more of the same of that. Yeah, for sure. But it's so easy to know. It's so easy to know. So one of the seller updates says, we know the long standing challenges unpaid items have caused many of you, and we've been continuously working to make improvements for a better selling experience. We've already taken steps to reduce unpaid items for buy and now sales, which is true. Sometimes you'll get the offer and it'll say you got an offer and they'll say we'll automatically charge the buyer once you accept the offer. So that's great. But I only get those maybe I want to say 50 to 75 percent of the time. And then they said, and we're now working on extending these updates on best offer listings as well. And so basically they were announcing something that they already were doing, which I thought was kind of interesting. So I'm like, all right, this is, this isn't news. And then uh, I saw this was interesting here. It said, do these changes, this was in the FAQ, do these changes apply to international sales? And they said, currently these changes apply only to us buyers. We're working on launching these changes globally in the coming months which I found kind of bothersome. The reason I find it bothersome is if an international buyer sends you an offer and they don't pay right away, you can't even send them an invoice. Mm. You're just at the mercy of them paying eventually. So, so that, that was, it is, you know, what, what more are we going to say? All I know is that the clock is ticking and eBay open is happening end of September. I think now they shifted the date. And it, that will mark uh, one year anniversary since it was announced by the CEO of eBay that this would be fixed. Yeah. What, what did you say? Four year anniversary? No, one year anniversary since it was officially publicly said. It oh. is four year anniversary for me and you when we were in that closed door meeting and it was promised to us. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Maybe for eBay Open, and I'm just joking, 
again we love you ebay but maybe we do for e- we do may- but maybe for ebay real. open we should uh get all the resellers who listen to Pure Hustle podcast to like have picket signs that say immediate payment now what do we want immediate payment now Unless something like that, you know, like we'll come up with a clever chant. Someone more clever than me can come up with the chant. And then we'll just like, we'll just like do that at eBay open and they'll be like, oh, I guess we should do immediate payments. Maybe that'll work. <laughs> All right. Now the other item I'm going to, here's the thing. I always want to make sure everyone pays attention because it seems like all the time something sparks a lot of controversy and then people start going, wait a second. That was in the update six months before. Like that happened with promoted listings. That happened with item specifics. I mean, people were in a big uproar. But if you actually looked at the writing, they actually said they were going to do it. Just we all missed it. And so there's something here they put on here, which I kind of find interesting because I'm not really understanding as to why. Uh, So they they said they're improving uh, the payment dispute process. So sellers now have the ability to add details and explain the reason for challenging a payment dispute by providing up to a thousand characters. Sellers can now upload to five up up to five separate files of information, such as tracking details, shipping labels, messages, and photos. Previously, only a single file could be uploaded, which required multiple files to be combined into one. We'll share the information provided with the buyer's payment institution to challenge the payment dispute. The information you submit may also improve your chances of qualifying for seller protections. I, I'm just, I know the awkward silence because I'm not really sure. Is this a good thing? Is this, you know, how many payment disputes do I actually have? You know, out of, out of the last thousand sales, I had zero, you know, in, in my entire 12 years of selling on eBay, I've had four. You know, and granted, I'm not a multi-million dollar seller, but I've sold thousands of items. So I'm not really sure why th- why this one. So that okay. Now the next one I think is interesting. What's another way that uh eBay loves to make money? Ooh, yeah, please tell me it doesn't have something to do with like ad increases. Yes. Ad rates. No, oh. no, no, well, it's not an increase. Man, I, I'm telling you, okay. So those of you that are listening right now, you're like, Orlando, you're being super negative. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I am. That but review this, that we're like, we can't listen to them anymore. They're being negative. It's because of this like five minute segment where we talk about the, you know, updates. So, so I thought, I thought this was, this was interesting because we went from promotion, uh, promoted listing standard, which is, you know, that was, that was the first step in promoted listings where, you know, if you wanted your stuff to be high up in the search, you could pay a certain percentage and your stuff would do that. Then we ended up getting promoted listings advanced, which is pay-per-click that even if you don't sell the item, you still will end up paying if people click on your item. Now we have promoted listings, dynamic ad rates. So let me read what this means. It says, you now have the option to choose a dynamic ad rate strategy when setting up or on editing or editing an automated automated or simple promoted listing standard campaign. Previously, only a fixed rate strategy was available for simple campaigns. Selecting the dynamic ad rate option means that your ad rate will be automatically adjusted to match our daily suggestion up to a cap you set. 
This new feature helps you save time. It makes it easy to stay competitive in the eBay marketplace. That's interesting. Um, I mean, I think there's some benefits to that for sure. I mean, to have some flexibility because to be honest, yeah, it's great if you say I'm 2% and I said it and forget it or I'm 4% and I said it and forget it. But again, categories can change. It can become more competitive. Is this a way that eBay could, could be manipulating you and getting more money out of you, the seller, for sure. But at the same time, hey, maybe you set it at 2%, but right now it's all of the people who are at 3 or 4% who are making the money. Uh, and so if yours was at 3 or 4%, you'd be pulling in the money in CDs or those pair of shoes that you listed because maybe you're not hawking every category and kind of keeping track. The problem is this could this can lead to like those bidding wars where then everybody's trying to like be a little bit higher. I guess you can already do that. Um, but it just gives you that flexibility to say, I'm not going to pay more than 6%, but I'll be dynamic. So maybe this coming month, this item is lower. And so I don't have to pay as much. And maybe the next month it's, it's more competition. And so I'm gonna have to have higher and I'm not constantly having to go into my store and change that. That's not terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's, it's asking for a lot of trust from sellers because what it's saying is, you know, okay. So for example, I just recently raised my promoted standard of 5% and I did the dynamic. I put the dynamic at 9% because I'm like, all right, fine. If, if, if this is the, what eBay is saying you need to do to make sales, whatever, that's fine. Right. I'm, I buy myself, I buy myself low enough that I can definitely, you know, if it takes a little bit more of a chunk, I'm still going to end up being uh, profitable. And so I was like, all right, but, but that's a, like, how do you know, right? How do you know that, you know, something could have sold at a 6%, but eBay jacked it up to an 8%. Like there's really no way to know. It's kind of, I, it's not the same thing, but like Amazon right now is in trouble. They're getting sued. Uh, I believe by the SEC, is it the, the FTC? Uh, cause SEC wouldn't sue them, but the FTC, uh, federal trade commission, because, uh, people that are prime members at times, the prices would get manipulated and then there'd be a percentage taken off and it would just apply to the certain buyer and it wouldn't be all across the board. Right. So you kind of take that and you can say, maybe that could happen with eBay in the sense that like eBay will just charge you at the highest. Like, how do you know they're they're not? Right. And at the same time, uh, the other tool that eBay introduced with that is that now they say that you can see how much you would make had you gone down these ad rates. So they said soon you'll be able to see how your ad rate may impact your advertising performance and buyer reach before you launch a campaign. Our new ad rate forecasting feature will provide you with a real-time prediction of your estimated impression share during campaign setup on your campaign details page. So I'm like, wow, like that's, I mean, I could see algorithms working, you know, I could see the, with AI being able to predict how much you'll make, but uh, yeah, it's, um, it's just, I, I'm just not comfortable with it. I just I just find it troubling uh, that, you know, it, it's gone from now money from and I, I'm sounding like one of those fee guys and I'm not trying to be those guys. I love eBay. I'll keep selling on eBay. eBay is my full time. Uh, I don't sell on any other platform outside of eBay except for Amazon, but that's for retail arbitrage. So I'm still going to keep selling on eBay. I just I this is what I've I've been pondering, Mike. These are the the inner thoughts of Orlando is that. 
when the economy is really doing really well, eBay is willing to give sellers breaks. So when things were really well, you know, in 2020, if you sold sneakers that were above 100, no fees at all. Then they changed their store structure that if you had a, I think it's one of the medium store sizes, like they allotted the amount of items you can sell without being charged insertion fees because they wanted more people to sell stuff on there and they don't want people to pay more for insertion fees, right? They, they provided greater solar protection, all these things. But now that the economy is not doing well, it feels like eBay is tightening the grasp on sellers to get more money out of sellers because the money isn't coming through in the GMV, the gross merchandise value, which is the money they make from items selling. So I, I'm, I can't wait for the economy to get better because I, I think some of this is going to change again. I, maybe we're going through cycles. Maybe I'm reading into, too, into it too much. But it was just, just a little, little concerning. Just a little concerning. So any other thoughts you have on that, Mike? I, I don't want to go yeah. down this rabbit hole too much. No, we're already an hour 12 minutes into it. So, Oh, my goodness. Are we? This is our first one out the gate, too. <laughs> um, hey, by the way, in case you didn't know, everybody can do eBay international shipping now, which I thought everybody could already. But that's on the seller update, too. So, so that is our reseller topics. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we'll keep it positive by smiling the entire time. All right. Hey, before we move on, uh, if you hadn't had a chance yet to uh, try on or try on or try out uh, uh, software that will help you stay organized, check out My Reseller Genie. Uh, My Reseller Genie is made for sellers by sellers, allows you to keep up to date for your taxes. It imports everything from eBay. Uh, it allows you to do a profit loss scan of your items because instead of using Excel spreadsheets, you just go to My Reseller Genie. Uh, and when items sell or before they sell, you can put how much you get an item for and it'll give you a detailed report each each week, each month uh, when you need it. And there's so many other uh, functions that are on My Reseller Genie. So you haven't, you haven't checked them out yet. Uh, check them out. Use our link below uh, and use our pro, uh, co promo code uh, Pure Hustle All Caps and you get 15% off the first month. Uh, definitely worth it. I'm using it right now. Uh, there are other competitors out there, but I, right now, uh, my reseller genie is my go to. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to talk about something that really excites everybody here? At least I think it does. B -b 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 oh, Yeah, we'll get the uh, we'll get the new one running again here. You went to the old school. I like the old school one though. OG, OG. Uh, yeah. Okay. So my bolo is uh, old software. Specifically, um, there are certain softwares for like uh, Adobe or uh, QuickBooks is another one where you used to be able to get software where you didn't have to pay for the subscription or people were used to a certain like um, I guess version of the software before it's been updated and one of the cool things is some of those older softwares be, be, the new stuff you need to have a, a, a subscription for but maybe everything you need to have done you could have done on the old one which was like lifelong you pay a certain amount one time you have the software mm -hmm. and you have forever like quickbooks whatever from like 2009 for instance if you have that one you've got quickbooks and you can do a lot of the things people need to do and you're not paying like a monthly fee to do this and and maybe it's one that you you enjoyed if you can get your hands on some of those older softwares and again it's like anything you need to look it up it's not every old software uh, but a lot of the older software there's a market for and you'd be surprised some of those things they sell for hundreds and hundreds of dollars because somebody wants a photoshop or a um a quickbooks or 
a CAD, AutoCAD or something where it's it was a one-time pay and they, they're happy to pay 400 bucks for it instead of paying $60 a month for ongoing forever, right? So don't be afraid to, you got to scan, you got to know what it is that, that you're looking for. But QuickBooks is, a, is an example of one, some AutoCAD stuff and Photoshop, uh, Adobe, even some like, um, you know, video editing software, stuff like that. Some of those older things um, you can really do well on even old operating systems. Sometimes yeah, there's like a market XP. for that. Yep. So, uh, you never know, but some of those are more collectible, like the windows XP, you can get like a sealed one or something like that, but I just got one. That's why I said that. Yeah. So, but, but as far as, yeah. So anyways, older software, there you go. You got to look it up. Um, I gave you a few examples, but, uh, those, those can definitely do really well. Yeah. I just picked up uh windows 95 and windows XP from this X from this XP guy, it guy. Uh, and uh, he's supposed to drop some more for me. So I was like, all right. Now, the one I'm going to say for my bolo is I, I've shared this. I talked about game giveaways and so on. Uh, not the new ones, but like the older ones. But actually the new ones I saw like in Atlanta at a baseball game. You know, I want to look this up right now. Uh, but there's a, a famous rap group from Atlanta, Outcast. If you remember Outcast from back in the day, you know, Southern Playlistic Cadillac. Uh, and, you know, stuff from your home team you might not think is worth a lot because right. You'll go to the thrift and there's all these items, right? Like here. Yeah. Look, the outcast bobbleheads, they're $20 at the Atlanta game. And right now they're selling for 130 bucks. Isn't that crazy? crazy. They're sweet. Cause they're, they're both with uh, Andre 3000 and big boy in a Cadillac. Uh, just, it just looks awesome. Anyways, the reason I say this is you might be, uh, you might be sourcing in your own thrift store or at garage sales. You're like, who wants this? Like, who who cares about, no offense to anybody, who cares about the Detroit Lions? Who cares about the Detroit Tigers? I'm just saying this because I have a friend that listens, he's from Detroit. Or who cares? Like here, we see Chargers stuff all the time. And you might get this impression that since you see it all the time, it's not worth anything. But that's not true because there are people throughout the country that are fans of teams that want that stuff and the vintage stuff. I'm not talking about new stuff. I'm talking about vintage stuff. I sell a ton of Padres gear and a ton of Chargers gear that I get really cheap here because it's in huge abundance. But I would say 50% of my items end up going out of California. There are either people that grew up in San Diego. There are either people that, you know, aren't maybe on deployment uh, or they're individuals that, you know, for a reason, they became team team uh, fans, uh, even though they lived in another state. So just because you see certain items in abundance in your hometown, maybe, you know, your team is terrible. Uh, that's OK, because if it's a vintage piece, look up the comps, because there are people out there that are still willing to buy. So that is my interesting bolo. Good stuff. Good stuff. Did it make sense? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like you'll go and there's Padres, Padres, Padres. Yeah. You're like, who wants this? But I saw Padres stuff all the time. Yeah, for sure. So. I mean, even like even, and we've talked about this too, like AAA teams, like for instance, San Diego has the goals, right? Which is a like AAA, mm -hmm. I think. I don't know if that's hockey, the right term. Yeah, but IHL, but I like think. A, it's like a, a minor league um, hockey team. And so you can think like, oh, there's goals stuff everywhere. Like I don't need to pick up goals stuff. And again, it might not be as popular as something like, major league baseball but there's still going to be people who move out of town they like the team they're watching it on you know tv they're going to be traveling to san diego and they're going to go to a game and so yeah I've, I've sold a lot of even minor league stuff out of state to different states and so 
yeah, you see it so much that it's that it creates that feeling that it's not scarce, it's not valuable. But the reality is, it's just because you're seeing it so much, other people are not seeing it that much. Yeah, agreed. So keep an eye out. Now, Mike, what are you looking forward to here? I know that's a loaded question again. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of just looking forward to. I think it's going to take a little bit of time, but um, just things starting to feel normal. Uh, I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like a little bit uh, like everything's odd, you know, everything's different. And so just the people, the places, the roads, the routines, the weather, everything is different. And so I'm looking for some normal. Um, and as part of that, it includes like getting eBay running again, doing this podcast with you actually is a big part of helping things be normal. Right. Cause this is like a weekly uh, thing that we'd always do. Yeah. We've gone a couple of weeks without recording um, just cause we were finishing up the move. We kind of recorded ahead. And so it's kind of nice to be, back doing this, even though it's, it's different. I mean, you're the first, I mean, I've talked to some of my friends through text message and stuff, but like, you're the first person from California that I've like face to face talked to, uh, since moving him. And, and so just having that bit of normal is nice for sure. Uh, what about you? What are you looking forward to? Our, our forced friendship. <laughs> oh man, it's not forced. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just messing around. It just, it, it is, it is, I'll be, I'll be real here. It is sad that now Mike, Mike and I, you know, got so busy that, you know, we would only see each other during the podcast and now we're doing that same thing, but at least we have the technology to continue the podcast That's and right. catch up, catch up in the in-between times of the podcast. So, uh, just, Hey, by the way, thank you to everyone that showed us love on Instagram when I posted that, you know, Mike is moving, uh, everybody was wishing Mike, uh, here, you know, best of luck and word of source and, uh, just, just grateful for that. Uh, cause yeah, this is. It is tough. It is tough. But, you know, we're going to be good. We're going to be good. All right. Now, I am overwhelmed with inventory. I mean, you thought it was bad when you were here, Mike. It's only gotten worse. See, and, I knew that was going to happen. And I, you know, it's just because the buying's good right now. And I don't want to stop buying because when things rebound, I'm going to be in a good place. But I got to organize it. That's just a problem. I'm just not organizing. And so I'm working on that. And my goal is still just to have, you know, the two rooms, the podcast room and the eBay room cleared out and organized. The other one here is I, so I'm going to be real with everybody here. I have a fear of like dealing with antique dealers. And the reason being, it's not my field. So I always feel like I'm going to get swindled. You know, like somebody's going to tell me something's worth like, you know, only a thousand bucks when it's actually worth like 10K. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's kind of why I kind of want to do this on my own. Like, I don't want to go and get something appraised because I've heard stories uh, of of individuals. I went to get a painting appraised and then they looked over at the screen that the the people were using and they were Googling stuff. <laughs> and it's like, well, I could do that at home. Yeah. Like, why am I paying you? whatever hundreds of dollars to get something appraised when I could just Google this myself. Yeah. It's like when you go to uh go to the doctor and they're like, hold on, let me go look this up. <laughs> they Google it. Well, I hope they're not on WebMD or something. Cause you're probably going to die every time. Yeah. But, uh, I, I just, I, I'm not comfortable. I'm just not comfortable, but I'm going to go out of my comfort zone. I'm going to go see, uh, you know, some people have said, Hey, sometimes, you know, you got to get used to, underselling your items because you don't have that knowledge base. And then over time you develop it where you're never going to do that again. But in the beginning, you kind of got to do that a little bit. 
uh, you got to make that profit and somebody else who has more knowledge will make more profit. Uh, but it's just, you know, it's just kind of tough. So I'm going to go uh, and I'll keep you guys updated on the update episode. I think this is how it's going to go down. There's two ways. One, I show up and they tell me like, yeah, this stuff isn't any good. It's not even worth appraising. Or two, they're going to be like, yeah, it's going to be a thousand dollars. So praise this stuff. And I'm going to like, uh, yeah, um, Google image. You're my friend and I'm going to walk out. Uh, and so well, let, let me know in the comments. What, what are your thoughts? Should Orlando pay big money to get things appraised or should he just spend a couple hours just researching and let it go on auction? Right. Cause that's the other option. So I'm not really sure what's going to happen, but I'm excited. I'm excited, you know, cause uh, I, you know, making back that money is going to be pretty easy. The question is, you know, how profitable can that haul be? So we'll see what happens. Hey, everyone, thank you for being with us in this episode. Hopefully, you know, we're keeping it at the level of PHP and even higher with every episode that passes. Thank you for all your support. And uh, as always, make sure you keep it real, relevant, and keep it reselling. Late. Peace.